You're listening to Jake Zape with Preaching the Sword of the Spirit. Grace, mercy and peace be to you from our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text for today comes from the first chapter of the Holy Gospel according to St. John, verses 43 through to 51. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee and find Philip. And Jesus said to him, Follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found the one written of by Moses in the law and the prophets, Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and he said concerning him, Behold, a true Israelite, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered, and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, You have believed because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see even greater things than this. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened, and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sights, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. As Jesus travelled through Galilee, he called disciples to follow him. On this particular day, he had called Philip to come and follow him. And Philip had instantly believed Jesus to be the promised Messiah, the one who was written of by Moses in the law and in the prophets. Philip was so overjoyed to have found the Messiah that he raced off to find his companion Nathanael, who was sitting under a fig tree. Philip raced to Nathanael. We've found him! We've found the one written of by Moses in the law and in the prophets! We've found the Messiah! Nathanael sat up. Could this be true? Have we really found the Messiah? And then Philip said, He is Jesus, the son of Joseph, from Nazareth. And with that, Nathanael slumped back down against the tree. Can anything good come out of Nazareth, he remarked. Nathanael was a true Israelite. He knew the scriptures. He knew that the Messiah was to come from Bethlehem, not Nazareth. Besides, nothing good could possibly ever come from Nazareth. And there was more to Nathanael's words than just the prophecy that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. There was prejudice in his comment. There is an important difference between Philip and Nathanael that could often be overlooked. In Acts 6.1, we learn that there are two types of Jews, Hebraic Jews and Hellenistic Jews. The Hebraic Jews were those traditional Jews that spoke the Hebrew language and had retained all the traditional Hebraic Judaic customs. As for the Hellenistic Jews, these weren't Gentile converts, nor were they half-breeds like the Samaritans. These were purebred Jews, but the difference between them was that they had been heavily influenced by the Greek Hellenistic culture, and they spoke mainly Greek. Now, if we look at the disciples that Jesus had already called, Philip, Andrew, and Simon Peter, we'll notice that all three of them had Greek names. Philip is Greek for lover of horses. Andrew comes from the Greek word andros, meaning man, and Simon was the Greek version of the Hebrew Simeon. 
all three of these disciples were Hellenistic Jews. While as for Nathaniel, he had a Hebrew name. Nathaniel means God has given in Hebrew. Nathaniel was a true Israelite, a Hebraic Jew, and thus Nazareth was below his consideration. Nazareth was a very lowly town. And when I say low, I don't mean low as in poor or lower economic class. No, I mean low as in low lies. For Nazareth was full of corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes and the like. Nazareth was the capital of immoral behaviour in Galilee. And so, there was no way that the Messiah could ever possibly come from Nazareth, or so Nathaniel thought, for nothing good could ever possibly come out of Nazareth. And so Nathaniel disregarded what Philip had said. Now Philip knew that he could not argue with Nathaniel, for his words were merely human words. And Nathaniel knew that God's word had said the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So Philip did the only thing possible. Come and see, he said. Come and see for yourself, and then you will not doubt. So Nathaniel went with Philip to see Jesus. And as Nathaniel approached, Jesus said, Behold, a true Israelite, in whom there is no deceit. Now as mentioned above, Nathaniel was a Hebraic Jew, a true Israelite. But this is not what Jesus meant by this statement. For Jesus did not care about lineage or culture. Instead, he cared about faith. For Jesus, a true Israelite, was neither a Hebraic Jew nor a Hellenistic Jew, but one who believed the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. For as Paul says, Not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. But as the psalmist says, blessed is the man in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel is a true Israelite in whom there is no deceit. He doubted Philip's words because he was without deceit. He knew that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, not Nazareth. And so he would not accept Philip's words that the Messiah had come from Nazareth. Nathaniel was a true Israelite. And he would not accept that the Messiah had come from Nazareth unless he could be convinced by God's word alone. And so Philip brought him to Jesus Christ, the word of God made flesh. And it is here that Nathanael could hear the truth for himself. Jesus began by showing Nathanael his omniscience. Jesus knew who Nathanael was and what he had been thinking. How do you know me? asked Nathanael. And so Jesus tells him, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And this is not a simple seeing, as if Jesus had been walking past the fig tree and spotted Nathaniel. No, this was a supernatural seeing. Jesus had been nowhere near Nathaniel, and yet he could still see him. In saying this, Jesus had showed to Nathaniel that he was omnipresent. And at these words of Jesus, Nathanael stopped doubting and believed. You are the Son of God, he said. You are the King of Israel. Nathanael now believed what Philip had told him. That this was truly the one that was written about by Moses in the law and in the prophets. Jesus had shown Nathanael that he was omniscient and omnipresent. Which meant that Jesus had to be God in the flesh. Nathaniel believed this and called him the Son of God. That statement is profound because later on Jesus will refer to himself as the Son of Man, demonstrating his humanity and confessing that the Messiah is truly human. 
But here, Nathaniel confesses the divinity of Jesus and acknowledges that the Messiah is truly God. And it was this fact that the Messiah is the Son of God that convinced Nathaniel to believe. Nathaniel was a true Israelite in whom there was no deceit. He knew the word of God. He knew the Old Testament promises of the Messiah. And he knew that the Messiah was the Son of God. And this is very profound. Because it shows us that even the Old Testament confesses the divinity of the Messiah. And that the Jews who were awaiting the Messiah were able to know that Jesus would be God. Then, in response to Nathanael's confession, Jesus says something even more profound. You have believed because I said to you that I saw you underneath the fig tree? You will see even greater things than this. Jesus states that Nathanael will see even greater signs that he is the Messiah. But as for now, Nathanael believed because Jesus had said to him, I saw you underneath the fig tree. Nathanael didn't need any great miracles to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. He simply needed to hear the word of Jesus and that was enough. In the story of doubting Thomas at the end of John's Gospel, Thomas wouldn't believe until he had touched Jesus. And after he had touched Jesus and confessed him to be his Lord and his God, Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed me. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet still have believed. Blessed are those who, like Nathaniel, do not need great wonders or miracles to believe in God. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet still believe. Blessed are those who have heard God's word and have believed. We don't need to see miracles or healings or speaking in tongues to believe in Christ. Paul says that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the words of Christ. God's word is all we need. There are many people out there that doubt the truth. They don't believe Jesus Christ is their Lord and Saviour. But we don't need to try and convince them through fancy arguments or tricks or contemporary worship or Pentecostal displays of miracles. We don't need to do any of that. Instead, like Philip, we just need to take them to the true source of life. We just have to point them to the word of God. For God's word is true. See, our words are only the words of man. And in them there is no power. But if we point people to the scriptures, then we bring them to God's word. And God's word is powerful. It is not our job to try and force or to trick or to convince people into the faith. It is the Spirit alone who creates faith in those who hear the Word of God. It is merely our job to bring the Word to people. As Article 5 of the Augsburg Confession says, the Holy Spirit produces faith where and when He wills in those who hear the Gospel. The job of Christians is not to try and argue people into faith via man's Word. Instead, we are to point them to God's Word and allow God to instill the faith in the believer. As for you, who have believed these words of Christ, who confess Jesus as your Lord and your God, who confess Jesus as the Son of God and the King of Israel, you will see even greater things than what the Word has told you. To the ones who believe what they have heard in the words of Christ, you will see even greater things than this. For truly, truly I say to you, you will see heaven opened, and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This promise of Jesus brings to mind the vision of Jacob, who was called Israel. In Genesis 28, 12, 
Jacob looked up and saw a ladder reaching from earth and up into heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. This is what Jacob saw. But you will see something even greater. You will stand in the place of Jacob as the true Israelite in whom there is no deceit. But instead of seeing a ladder connecting earth to heaven, you will see Jesus, the Son of Man, connecting earth to heaven. In Jacob's day, before the Messiah had come, man was bound under the law of God. The only way man could be saved was through perfect obedience to the law of God. Man had to climb this ladder of the law to make it into heaven. And no one could climb it, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But for those who believe in Jesus Christ as their saviour, they will see something greater than a ladder. They will see Jesus bridging earth and heaven. For Christ came and dwelt in the flesh. He died on the cross for the sake of your sins. No longer are you trapped under the law of God. For Christ has set you free from the demands of the law. He is now the bridge between earth and heaven. No longer do you need to worry about keeping God's law perfectly. Instead, you can look to Jesus the one who was promised in the law and the prophets. For through faith alone in Christ alone are the heavens opened to you. And don't just take my word for it. Instead, come and see what the word has said. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen.